You're listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into A Very Moody Sports Show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. Episode 78... New equipment, same studio, same cast. Dan, how excited are you? Man, I, honest to God, was a little nervous about the new system, but that being said, you came over, we started messing with it together. I feel very excited about this thing now. It's very cool. So uh, just letting the audience in, we got some new recording equipment, new production. We're probably going to see some new features to the show. show might change ever so slightly with our newfound experience our new talents if you will or we honestly don't know what we're doing yet but as time goes good it's gonna get crazy it's gonna develop we're developing the show and obviously i feel like we've promised this before oh in the past and like we are guys we're working on it you gotta understand we're two full-time working young males trying to make it out here in the world but we're trying to also make it out here in the podcast world Two different worlds. It's two separate worlds, man. It's people do not when you say I make a podcast, people do not know what you're talking about. Or they just go, Oh, that's cute. No, no. It's like, hey, no. it's not cute. I'm gonna stop you there. I'm gonna stop you there. When you tell people you do a podcast, here's the thing, you get two reactions. One is the roll your eyes, oh my god, are you serious? You do a podcast, I'm judging you instantly. Okay, what do you do, people? What do you do that's your hobby that you put time into and you actually have to produce something? You develop I, I, I know something. I'm saying this when Dan does all the production, but <laughs> in Dan's defense, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I at least yell at a microphone. I was about to say I get some I get some uh, some anger out on the podcast. I get some feelings put out there. Oh, it's therapeutic for sure. But two, the second reaction is, oh, I'm interested. You podcast? That's actually cool. And someone leans in and asks you more about it. So there's two reactions. There's the Roll your eyes, let me judge you for podcasting, which I notice when you do it, people, because it's on your face and you're pretty much a butthole about it. And two, people who lean in and are like interested about the podcast, it's like, thank you for not being the first group of people. I instantly will tell you anything you want to know about this podcast, but I'll play it down. I'm humble, modest. I'm humble. It's a modest podcast. You catch me in the, the other world, I'm, I'm a humble, modest. You put me in the podcast world, I'm pretty much an ass so (laughs) either way i just had my little spiel about people talking about the podcast so y'all take that with you everyone listening you're obviously a supporter you're the second type of person hey i want to drink beer with you i would love to drink beer with you i haven't (laughs) met a lot of you the latter people that being said they're out there they're sports fans people and it's hard you say sport podcast even the people that like a podcast not a lot of people into the sports podcast as much, but at the same time, they're out there. We love it. Sports radio, man. Sports radio. One of my favorite it's things a, of all it's time. It's a crowded space, but the thing is, you just got to come in and leave your mark. And people, fans are great. Stories are great. So if you're a fan with stories, it sounds like you're going to be pretty good on sports radio. I mean, we're not broadcasting games. We're not commentating. We're giving you hot takes after the fact and before the fact. Well, and I also just, I've always enjoyed the sports radio, the sports uh, podcasting, just the idea of sitting down and like giving somebody that content. Mm -hmm. And people, I I mean, 
I mean, I love my podcast. I know I listen to bigger sources. You can listen to them, too. Here's the thing, Dan. We're building our discography. We're working it's not on about it. right now. It's about the 10-year plan where we're sitting Long in term. Bristol. Bristol, <laughs> Connecticut, I'm wanting no, to Bristol, freeze. No, Bristol, Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> not just kidding. <laughs> See, I was thinking Connecticut, although I do feel like that cold weather is going to be tough if we're up there. Yeah, I, I, I may thrive my Nordic blood that's what i'll say zach you got the you got the body mass to keep it to keep it warm big and hairy i am ready for the cold cold hits the bones on me yes so uh pretty much we're headed to bristol espn 10-year plan people are going to look back at these episodes and be like oh my god can you believe we had 24 20 were we 23 at the time or we We started when we were 23 23 year old content from the Dan and Zach show, the primetime 8 o'clock ESPN morning mm-hmm. show everyone loves in America in the year 2035. Oh my gosh, it's going to be beautiful. 15 years from now. That's crazy. Okay. So that's about 20, 2035, about 15 years. We're probably going to have to get some internships at ESPN if we're going to make this wrap. We got work. any other sports competing market, we're open to all offers. We're free agents right We're free now. agents. I know you, you're a fan of the uh, the Dan, Dan Levitar, the Meadowlark Media. They just sat and signed Adnan Verk, signed Jamel Hill. Uh, They've Hank signed Azarian. Hank Azarian. They've signed uh, Mike Schur onto their writing staff. Like they're, they're getting some good people on that. I like it. Meadowlark yeah, Media. You gotta cool love stuff. it. I love it. Um, You know, I noticed like a couple weeks ago, they actually brought Nick Wright on from Fox before, because it's an interesting period that being a free agent podcaster that got fired from ESPN. You can't bring on ESPN people because Disney's holding you back. And you can bring on Fox people. You can bring on Barstool people. You can bring on other free agent people, ex-players. But it's kind of, it's kind of a weird space because they were bringing on Nick Wright from Fox. But if they sign with somebody else, you're not going to see these crossovers anymore. And they talk a bunch of shit about Coward and Jason Whitlock. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to see Nick Wright come on when Nick Wright is literally the Colin Cowherd protege. Well, so, I love Nick Wright and like he blends so into the show really well, but also Nick Wright, he's just one of the, he is really good at what he does. He's as good far at sports stakes. That's why he analyzed has down sports stakes. That's why he got to the point he is on Fox. I watched Nick Wright back on a, I've been watching the herd for years and Dan Leptar honestly stole me away from the herd. But uh, Nick Wright used to just come on on Friday afternoons and give you like some uh, cool betting and sports takes. And I loved it because he had good NBA information. And then uh, that's been replaced with Jason McIntyre, who's probably going to get an increased role at Fox, too. I love seeing the guys come up because same thing with the Dan Leptar show. Billy Gill, number six overall NFL analyst. <laughs> I mean, you get spinoffs here. And like Mike Ryan's helping with. Stupidity, helping with uh, the Jim Brockmeyer podcast, which, dude, first episode, Charles Barkley, Jim Brockmeyer. We need to probably stop advertising for other podcasts. We are advertising other podcasts mid-podcasts. But here's the thing. We listen to podcasts. I've started picking up on the Pat McAfee show. Man, if you want a lot of good NFL inside stuff, Pat McAfee gets like, dude, he talks to players upon players upon players, old, retired, all sorts. Man, it's good stuff. I like that. Speaking Um, of retired We're going to name our favorite retired local who wore the number 78. Why? Because it's the 78th episode. Welcome in. Moody Sports Show. Moody Sports. (laughs) We're back into it, right into it. You know how it is, seven minutes into the episode. Uh, So, guys, born Charleston, South Carolina, 1946. This guy's a little old, you know? He's older. But Art Shell. 
How about that? I love the name. Time appropriate name. The war just ended. Art Shell. Art Shell. Hall of Fame tackle. Uh, played for 16 seasons. Eight Pro Bowls. He was the third pick by the Raiders. Uh, that was back in 1958. 68. Um, 68. So really... He played until 1984, not that long ago. Not that long ago. I mean, that's a long time ago, but not... And when you're saying he's born in the 40s, it sounds worse. Hey, man, 16 seasons, tackle in the NFL, that's a really good career, too. Like, hey, eight Pro Bowls, very impressive, great stuff. Um, So, yeah, Archell, Archell, episode 80, 78, we are... We are here. Here, ready to go. (laughs) We got... Obviously, probably one of the biggest things to talk about this week in sports. Everybody's big thing. We got the Masters at the regular time. Zach, we're going to be getting into a little conversation about that. Obviously, today was the first day of the four-day rounds. So we'll I'm see. loving 50-inch Masters in the 50-inch Masters here. silenced in the background of the pod oh may my. be the greatest thing in the background this is, of the pod This is going to be the most tranquil pod I've ever Hey, man, had. we've watched basketball in the pack. We've watched football in the back. I'll tell you, nothing. There's a little golf in the back. Um, that being said, we do have other. We obviously have uh, NCAA. We did not record last week due to Easter. Zach also a little under the weather, so we did not record last week. So we're going to break down a little Final Four national championship game. Uh, uh, we'll talk a little NBA standing, Zach. And then we're going to talk a little NFL uh, draft, perhaps. A couple of the uh, rookie court, potential rookie quarterbacks, where they could be picked up and teams that are looking to get them. Um, but yeah. the hometown team got a new thing, one. I was about to say, one thing to note before we get on into the, the, the major overall sports of the, of the world. Let's talk a little localized. Let's talk a little Greenville Triumph. You know that we're fans of the Greenville Triumph. I got a call this weekend from uh, my new rep. It's not Jameson. There's another rep. I talked to him because we're, we're season ticket holders. So I got a little information. The 23rd, Daniel, we have the uh, New Jersey unveiling plus season ticket holder party pickup tickets thing. Thing we Sweet. did last time. But it's the 23rd. Uh, maybe the 25th. I don't know. I wrote it down. But 24th it's is the first game on the road. All right. So, so I bet it's the 23rd. And then uh, – also, uh, can't wait, man. We're gonna get to meet some of the new players. Gonna see old John. Hey, see the Triumph car. Get the get the feel. It's in the New air. Jersey. The home kits look fantastic. The green checkerboard on it. They got the Hummel arrows that go down. Chevron arrows that go down the side. Uh, that is sort of I you know just goes with most Hummel uh, jerseys. So got the gold star. Uh, it looks good. The obviously we talked about the away kits. And big note preseason of the four games we have done two draws we talked about the first one uh against dc united this one came against the charleston battery in their new stadium which zach was located at patriots point and you informed me you actually have somewhat of a connection to that yeah area i, I my family owns property <laughs> <laughs> at patriots point or a couple roads away so everyone hit a charleston battery road game I, I mean a triumph game at the Battery Stadium. Hey. I mean I realize there's one very soon, but we did not plan accordingly. 
Well, but, and we did make the cup. We were one of the teams they chose out of the USL League One. I think we were one or either the only or one of two teams they chose out of the USL League One to play in the uh, you know cup. Uh, and so we're, we probably will end up with a little matchup against the Battery, most likely, I assume, in that. Well, um, if the timing's right. Looks like we're headed down there. A little road trip. Maybe they come here. But, hey, also, big note I saw on Twitter yesterday. Doug Irwin out there retweeting it from the Triumph Twitter. But they will be broadcasting the Union Omaha versus Greenville Triumph at home for us uh, on ESPN2. And that will be the, uh, I think that's on, on May 6th. Uh, that's like the four, third, fourth game of the season. So that's pretty exciting, man. ESPN2, that's huge. Huge for us. Uh, the so, dose. The dose. Uh, give me the Ocho and let us just play on the Ocho all the time. That's what I want. I did remember the uh, party season ticket kickoff. I do not know what type of verbiage they use. Hey, that's cool, though. Hey, man. The event? Is that where the pop-up shop is downtown? Word. We'll get the visit. I haven't seen the pop-up shop yet. So I've walked cool. past it a couple times. Cool. But I can never remember where it's at because it's dark and I'm bad with directions downtown when I'm walking. So... All right, Zach, let's talk about a little NCAA real quick. Uh, obviously, in the final four, uh, Baylor in the first game of the night dominated Houston. Just was just no chance. Baylor was just throttled them. So, unfortunate for the Houston Cougars, but Baylor, number one seed, moves on. Probably what people consider the second best team in the nation all year. Uh, in the second game, Gonzaga playing the 11 seed UCLA. Zach, did you watch the game? Gonzaga UCLA? No. Oh, but I goodness. saw the last shot. <laughs> Obviously, everybody saw the last shot. People are going to argue it's a lucky shot. People are going to argue it's a form shot. It's a great shot. Whatever. Hey, listen. It's here's a great the, game. Here's the one and thing your you can't man argue. won the game. It went in the goddamn basket. It's a clutch shot. It's a clutch shot. I will tell you three things. That is three. There is clutch shot is number one. Number two, he did not mean to hit bank. But number three, it hit bank and went in. That's just how it works. The bank's open. The bank Bank was open. If the bank's open, the bank's open. But my thing is with it is there's not really the ultimate pressure on that shot. So you're not scared for your life. It's tied. It's tied. The game's tied. The game's not over if you miss. Here's my thing. As a player, I have never made it to that next level. I've never made it to college. I didn't even play meaningful I never had the game in my hands because I didn't play basketball. I played football, and I played lacrosse on defense. So the game was never in my hands to win on the last possession. But there is a difference between playing tied where there's no consequences and getting past the basketball when you're down by two or three points and you have to make the shot. You may literally have a heart attack as soon as you grab the ball. Or there's no pressure and you're just form pull up it's okay. You give it your best effort. So, Suggs, great shot. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be number one or number two pick, even with the loss in the final, which, uh, spoiler, they lost in the final. But uh, if you didn't see it. But Jalen Suggs, man, I was, I'm was i impressed with the athleticism. I did watch like half the UCL game. I didn't watch the whole thing, though. But just the way he can extend the body and do the layups at the basket. and uh, Well, he had a dominant block on the uh, center for yeah, UCLA as well. He's uh, quick. Raleigh. He was an ex-football player. He's physical. I, I love the finishing at the basket. The shooting obviously could have been a little better. He still scored 22 points in the final as well. 
even in a loss. So, well, and in the UCLA game, man, a lot to be said about that UCLA team that like people were doubting completely, didn't think they had a chance, said they didn't even deserve really to be in the final four and whatnot. But at the same time, like, dude, how do you not deserve to be in the final four when you have to play your way there? Well, and you're talking about like, you know, there's not pressure on Jalen Suggs to sink that shot because like it's not game over. You know, it was pressure on Juicez to get the re-offensive board and then sink his second shot to keep his team, like, tied in that game and have a chance to get a defensive stop and get an overtime. I mean, you're like, a little That's lu- pressure. You're a little lucky with the bounce that, like... It came to it you. It came to you, but at the same time, finishing that layup and not blowing it... There's three double You defenders. can't even overlook that. There's three defenders right there. But it was a wide-open layup, but wide you still open, but... can't overstate the fact that he didn't blow that. This is college basketball we're talking about talking that's a 90 to 90 that's, that was 88 to 90 in regular time <laughs> that was probably one of the best games we've seen in college basketball in the past multiple years so in all honesty well done ucla well done gonzaga but that being said on to the final on monday in the national championship we get the baylor gonzaga matchup they all wanted everybody was talking about and zach stunner for the world I certainly was not blown away at the result, in all honesty, just because of what the UCLA game it took for them to win. Gonzaga gets dominated by a just physical, uh, out outpacing Baylor team. It's insane, uh, crazy. As you said, though, Jalen Suggs, they looked good. I think it really came down to they struggled in the paint. You said it to me before the pod. Timmy had a tough game. They played good defense on him. Yeah, man, I I don't – you said dominated. I don't think they got dominated. I think you, you laid an egg to start the game, and college basketball gets out of hand quick, and the defense is super high in the final, especially in the tournament. Gonzaga's the better team. I, uh, call me crazy. Gonzaga is the better team of the two. I think if you play ten games in a row, there's no way Baylor's going to keep up. If you played a seven-game series, for instance, Baylor can't keep up that level of defense for four straight games. And Baylor's not going to make three-pointers at the rate they were making them like they were in that final. There was a point where Baylor made like six straight three-pointers in a row, and it was dagger after dagger. And the thing is, Gonzaga was coming back every single time, and then it's just three-pointer or turnover. So many turnovers from Gonzaga. And I was pulling hard for Gonzaga, especially after it got out to the early deficit. But, I mean, Timmy was great. They just helped side defended him. When he wasn't looking to make him give up the ball, he's he's not physical enough. They were getting out rebounded just across the board, one through five. Yeah. But uh Baylor was hitting shots, man. They were hitting mid range shots, they were hitting three pointers. Oh man. Well, and then Timmy's not that much of a defender. Like he got a block or two there, but I like Timmy. He's gonna come back. Hopefully he does well. But uh I just and they, it felt like they ran out of time. They brought it all the way back to nine in the second half. I feel like if the game was 10 minutes longer, Gonzaga would have won. But Maybe. they busted it open at the end, and then Gonzaga gave up because you knew you were out of time. Maybe. That being said, man, I do think one thing to note of the Baylor team that we watched there, like this is a Baylor team that like they were dominate, just as dominant as Gonzaga. Then they had to stop playing basketball for three straight weeks due to COVID protocols. And, like, you sort of forgot about Baylor. Mm-hmm. And when they came back, they were a little rusty and lost some games. And so you're like, okay, Baylor isn't as serious as you think. Man, 
they made a tear through that tournament and they dominated the, I think they dominated that Gonzaga team. And I do think you they said fast. You said I will you said it to me and Andy said it to me when I was talking to him and Mark Few did not call timeouts at the right time. That man, they were down like nine zero, he didn't call timeout. You're they down, down seven zero, you call timeout. They they were they were they didn't they got down twenty one to six at one point. Like man, what if you, I saw my first three, four possessions go that bad? It's instant. It's an instant time. You're down 6-0. Reactionary. If you're down 6-0, you might as well think about taking a timeout. It's reactionary, I feel like. you know, It should be like, a, like as a coach, you should be like, what is happening? Timeout, both. You shouldn't even sometimes be like, oh, I didn't even it mean to. It was 21-6 at one it. point. 21-6. I remember flipping the game on. That was when I flipped the game on. It was 21-6, and I was like, do I need to watch this game? Oh, man, this is remnant. Which is tough, man. Because it was 928 was a tip-off on the East Coast. And, like, we were talking about as East Coast people, it is tough sometimes with these sports. You're watching them, and they're tipping off at 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to go to bed at 2 a.m. for a basketball that's game that's a blowout? Really? And I did. I absolutely did. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Baylor. They did look faster, more athletic. They obviously played harder defense. and uh, And guess what? Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. This is also a Baylor team that multiple years they've been really good. They won twenty two. They won like twenty two straight games last year. Who got know, most outstanding really player uh, for Baylor? Uh, it's the Mitchell, and is now it's. <laughs> I don't think it was Mitchell. I think it was the other guy. I think it was Butler. Maybe is his last name. But uh, Mitchell. Mitchell also had a great Mitchell final. was fantastic. <sighs> they had four guys four basically that could cross you up and make a shot. Mm-hmm. And then a big that was dominant mm-hmm. in the paint. Well, Zach, let's stick with the hardwood, but the professional hardwood. Mm. We're getting right into that playoff times. Let's talk a little standings. One of the notable standings I'm seeing, New York Knickerbockers. Starting to fall back down that ladder, sitting in the eighth seed now. Not as uh, hot as they were initially. That's fine with me. Hornets are in the fourth right now. Uh, I mean, you got to think. Fourth place in the East through tenth place in the East, they're all separated by what four or five games in the standings. So that's what's happening. The Knicks could go on a three-game winning streak and be fourth or fifth in the East again because the sure. Hornets were playing hurt. Lamelo's gone, Gordon Hayward's gone for another three weeks. This is a Terry Rozier, Malik Monk show. So let's hope for the best. Miles Bridges stepped up, but hopefully the Hornets don't fall out the bottom. Mm. Just got to hope they can keep it together for a few more weeks. Brooklyn Nets, they get uh, Kevin Durant back, and, uh, you know, they look really good. 17. I still a, just don't think, man, it's like they can be as good as they want. Same premise as, like, Milwaukee was one of the most dominant regular season teams we've ever seen last year. And guess what? They didn't do. They didn't make the finals. And so, like, you know, you got to be able to play defense. You can't just be like, we're going to give the ball to these three guys over and over, and like but at some point it's going to get figured Milwaukee's out. Milwaukee's three guys you be able do not to stop compare people. to Brooklyn's three guys. you gotta stop. You got to be able to stop people. Having Giannis versus the world is not the same as having Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. And Kyrie's been playing like he's the best point guard in the league the De- last two weeks. Defensively rated the 25th team right now in the NBA. And Zach, like, man – but you can you D up do? these three players, and they're still going to get buckets. That's so like, the difference. So like my, but that's fine. So like these guys are going to get buckets, and let's say you're going to score 130 every game. 
the problem comes when, like, you're like, well, guess what? The other team was able to score 131 because we couldn't stop them because we also have Nicholas Claxton out there who's not going to get you a bucket on the offensive side when he needs to, but he also probably isn't going to be able to stop people all that well just like Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. And so, like, if you're depending on one guy, two guys for defense— you're not going to be able to stop anybody. I guess Interior defending defense. On Blake Griffin. You're defending, yeah, Lamarcus the Aldridge. Jordan. Yeah, like you're depending on like dinosaurs that literally can't move to be your defensive presence. I'm like, no, you're just going to Steph Curry and all the not seven, you know, Damian Lillard. All these people are just going to blow by you. And I saw a I saw a list. It was the top ten voting for the MVP in 2014, and the list went in order. It was like Kevin Durant. Two was LeBron, three was Harden, fourth was LaMarcus Aldridge, and like fifth was Blake Griffin. And then it was literally like Brooklyn really has five out of the six best players from the 2014 season right now. Like, yeah, but they have nobody else on that. I mean, that team. was seven years ago too. Um, so. yeah, that's true. Blake Griffin, not the same player. Exactly. I'm a little different than I was seven years ago. So, um, so yeah, I think I still just question Brooklyn overall. But that being said, Lakers moved down in the ranks. Uh, you know, in the same stadiums. thing. All three of your best players are injured. If you consider Drummond your third best player. But you think they're all coming back for the? You think they're all going to be back for the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. The Lakers will be fine when the time. Phoenix is beat Utah last night. They pull within one game of the Phoenix and the best record in the NBA. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and stop you there. So this is where everyone who's been listening, is like, you see, Zach, you're wrong on this. Devin Booker's great, and no. This is where I double down on the fact that Chris Paul is the reason they're good. MVP they would be bottom feeders right in now. the West. They would be bottom feeders in the West. MVP status right now for uh, and Devin Booker scoring 30, 40 points. Whatever. For He's Chris done Paul. it. For, He's done it every single year. And guess what? The Suns have been horrible. What's the difference? Chris Paul. CP3. The point god. <laughs> oh my goodness. You people. It. You try you to prove me wrong, people. and you prove me more right. <laughs> <laughs> you doubters. I'm not wrong on this one. I'm oh not wrong gosh. on this one. I love it. I'm telling you, I'm not wrong on the Devin Booker thing. Hot takes. Love it. Beautiful. Zach, anything else in the NBA of note? I can't really think of much else. Um, you know, humana, humana, I'm humana, excited humana, humana, for the playoffs. So. Dwayne Dedman signed with the Heat. Oh, uh, hey, man. That's a good signing for him. We were talking about it. They play. He played for the Hawks for a little while. That man can get a foul and hit the free throws. So, like That's a clutch man to have during the playoffs. Um, hearing rumblings of Kawhi Leonard's offseason. Um, he could be moving to Miami, potentially. There's talks of him being willing. I've heard. Clippers that. traded for Rondo. Clippers for Rondo. So that's Kawhi-related. And then uh, hmm, Paul George said that Rondo was instantly the leader of the team when he got there. I'm like, you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who makes $200 million, and Rondo's the leader of your Kawhi, team? Well, Kawhi Leonard has never wanted to be. like He's never an outspoken he guy. He just wants to hoop. He's not a leader guy. He's not here to like coach you up. Like He's here just to make sure we win basketball he, games. He's here to steal the ball, block you, and make three-pointers on the other end consecutively. Exactly. That's exactly what he does. In the finals. <laughs> and uh, NBA-wise. NBA-wise. I got nothing, man. Uh, man, you know, it is what it is. It was a college NBA. basketball week. It's college basketball week, and NBA is about to be in pride time. When you get playoffs, I'm so excited, man. I love playoffs. Also, man, if the Hawks make the playoffs, shout out. We get to watch a little playoff basketball with the Hawks, potentially Hornets. 
be a great matchup. Speaking of playoffs, you know who's not looking like they're going to make the playoffs in another sport? The Atlanta Braves. Oh, my God. It's so early, 162 games, I mean, but at the same time, you got to win something at some point, right? <laughs> you got to win something at some point. Although they have won a couple games here recently, I do let's, believe. Let's check out the standings real quick. Where, where are we at? Braves 2-4, and four. won two straight, lost your first four out the gate. Um, not what you're looking One for. At I saw Nationals. Freed did have good a good seven innings the other day. So, I mean, like you said, a lot of baseball to be played. There's a lot. And, I'm like, you just got to assume that at, through this season, throughout the season, you're going to be trying to hit the market, trying to get more pitchers, better pitchers for the playoffs, trying to find, you know, because, like, as the Braves, you got hitters. You got people who can hit some dingers. You got people who can pl- play the b- play, you know, dingers. fields. Like, we we got that down. We just got to find some guys that can close out a game because that's what was the problem against the Dodgers in the playoffs last last year was. Is we could not get a pitcher that could close out the game enough Well, for yeah, us. because they all play for the Dodgers. They, they all play for the Dodgers. It's freaking ridiculous. Well, that's it for baseball. Baseball, that's it. <laughs> oh, well, no, because they moved the All-Star game. They did move the All-Star game. And there's obviously, that's a big news for the Atlanta Braves to lose that. But in more bigger news is just the reason behind it. And I do believe it's something that should be addressed in all, many fashions. And I think it is something that should be talked about because it is not exactly ideal. Um, the Atlanta Brave or the the MLB and uh, Rob Manford decided to move the All Star Game due to the recent laws passed in Georgia in related relations to voting, uh, and a lot of people do feel. And I have read through what it sort of proposes and what's going to happen, and it does. It's definitely a bill that sort of leans toward a voter suppression, if you will. Um, and so I think that the I think Rob Manford sort of made this move as a reactionary to uh, what the fans were saying based on because initially the day before he moved it said he was not planning on moving it and I think overnight just the reaction from fans across the league and stuff uh, he ended up deciding to move it and uh, and I personally I think it was a I think it's a fair choice but it is tough on the Braves and a lot of the uh, local uh, you know shops a lot of local restaurants and stuff like that that were going to be able to get the support from all the the fans and stuff coming into town um that's sort of tough for them but at the same time what they're doing in georgia with that wall definitely is not exactly ideal to the idea that everybody has their fair right to vote yeah uh voter suppression and uh, oppression is not acceptable at any level systematic oppression is not acceptable i don't think <laughs> We should be trying to keep any state, any type of political view. I think you should allow the people who live in that state to choose what the political views are of that state. Exactly. And I believe politicians make too much money and are mostly corrupt for the most part. But uh, besides that... Charles Barkley actually echoed that exact sentiment that he felt that no matter what side of the party you were speaking for, that... You know, those politicians are probably corrupt on both sides. And I mean, hey. Well, it's a corrupt process for you to even getting to the point where they are. You, they say it's just voting, but there's a lack of information. There's a lack of consistent, truthful information that keeps all of us in the shadows of what's actually real and what's not. And the last president only amplified that times 25. And current administration's not any better, to be honest. So let's. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done in terms of all that and that it, it just turns people off and and that's the thing 
they want they want to turn people off so we're not informed so they can keep the little control that they have over us and it's unfortunate, but I have to worry about my day-to-day life. <laughs> it is, yeah. So as I mean, there's just there is a lot of things that intricate into this, and but that being said, as I stated, I think in the long term, overall, the move to move it out of Atlanta. Here's is my thing: I don't think moving the MLB All Star game it doesn't is that do big of a lot. deal because if you're still gonna, if the Atlanta Braves are gonna continue playing, then there's no actual big consequence. There's no change in the way things were operating. You cancel Atlanta Brave games because you're making a stand against what Georgia is. That's one thing. But the Braves are still canceling playing. an event. What do you? That happens all the time. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I get it, but like, it's not even like the MLB. All you understand where they're coming. You understand where they're coming from, but in reality, you are right. Like, if you're going to continue to play the Braves games in the stadium, that you can't have the All Star game, dressing. then it's all window dressing. And that's as I said, I totally think it was window dressing when Rob Manfred the day before says he's not moving it, and then just moves it because of the reaction people get to that statement. You I know? guess, virtue, and that's one of those things like you get pushed by by social signaling. media and stuff. You're, it's virtue signaling. You have to. You have to appear PC in today's age. And, like, if not, you're going to get canceled. Just like they're trying to cancel the Masters. Oh, so yes, that's a great transition. <laughs> transition. That's a transition. Zach, with the, he tried to whisper it to me, but unfortunately, we have high quality mics now. He picked that up. So, but I shouldn't even whisper. The transition. I should have just said, just, it just said a lot of transition. Um, <laughs> hey, that's going on the button, by the way. Transition is one of the buttons. Anyways, transition. Transition. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Masters, they sort of having the same issue. You know, obviously played Augusta National. Uh, major course in uh augusta georgia and zach you said it before this course when it first was opened was strictly built for white males yes and Um, the only black males allowed were as caddies so hence the um just the what the connotation between the word masters and the history behind it it's you can't pass it off say you're the masters of golf there's obviously some racial undertones there that date back to when slavery was a real thing. So you got to – I can totally understand changing the name. I almost say maybe you should and just call it the Augusta Invitational, and if you're really going to get upset about something like that, you're part of the problem. And that's, that's, that's the end of story. That's fantastic. That is, if you do – if it's like bothers you that much that you have to speak out against it, that they're going to change the name of a – golf tournament in yeah. reality well, you're it is, probably racist you probably are probably, probably the problem, the problem. <laughs> um that being said um i do think you it's like you said if you change the name of the masters what is that doing in reality but like i do think there's just like there's just some respect that you should have towards the idea that maybe we don't have to call it that any longer exactly you know? and my thing is, is it's not going to break it's the what name it is of a tournament you keep the cool little yellow america logo and it just has the augusta invitational it's no big deal and if i i'm not offended by it obviously i don't have any reason to be but i can if you explain it and frame it in that sense where we put the history behind it and the obvious derogatory term masters is the same thing with the nba even though i think when they change the nba owners of each team to governors i think governors is more racist than owners to be honest with you and it has it has more of a southern plantation feel to me than it does a non-racist feel. I feel like 
if I own my car outside, if I spent two billion dollars on the Clippers, I own the Clippers. I will show you the receipt. It, says, I own the Clippers, I the team. This. I don't own the people on the team. I own no, the name I, of a I team. I own the rights. I own, I own the, the, the location. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm. An, I'm the owner of the Clippers. I maybe it's like you get that confused because you call like Blake Griffin a great Clipper, like back yeah. in the day, like. You, but you're jumping three bridges to make that accusation. I think that's stupid. But the Masters obviously much worse than me than NBA owners. And hey, I've said my piece. Augusta Invitational. I like the Augusta Invitational. It sounds. I think it has a ring to it. Augusta Invitational sounds very formal, very very proper. Like it still feels like it would carry the same weight as what it does now. Uh, you know, you yeah. know, as and, far uh, as the tournament itself. So speaking of the tournament, this there's obviously one major omission in the tournament. Uh, Tiger Woods is not a part of it. Unfortunate. And, uh, uh, you told me, Dan, that they just said that he was driving super fast. Yes. The uh, like yeah, that. the forensic reports and whatnot came out, and uh, they determined that it was nothing outside of just the fact that he was going high rates of speeds around that current corner, and they have reported that that, that, that turn is really bad for the issue. Um, but he was going like 84, 87 miles per hour. So, like, you know, windy roads in California – you're up on like mountainside. You take a turn at 84 miles an hour. Yeah, it's tough to keep hold of the car. It makes a little it makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tiger obviously won the Masters two years ago. Uh, last year's defending champ Dustin Johnson only five months ago. Hey man, I thought it felt weird for it to be Masters week. Huge difference though playing Masters in Augusta between the winter and now into the spring here with it being a little warmer. Uh, the balls hitting onto the greens right now, they are flying like bullets. Oh, you know they people are struggling to keep it on the green after you know second shot. So you're seeing a lot higher scores out there. But right now you got Justin Rose. Uh, he's minus 765 on the day Thursday. Really good day for him. He started rough, Zach, but yeah, he finished four, off good. He's four clear of the field. I'm gonna go ahead and stop because uh, we don't need to report on the Masters. We need to talk about the real issue at hand. As uh, it's not Justin Rose. Go- Adam Scott, I think, just putted and missed. But he put with a putter. Oh my god, dude! That is extremely long. <laughs> that he tucks into his chest, and you know the stand-up putter. It's the stand-up putter where you're holding midpoint. You have a little grip up top. It's not an actual golf club, like bro. You might as well be out there like picking the ball up and walking it halfway there, and then kicking the rest away. I don't know what we're doing. Like, so I've never done any like analysis or looked up how it helps. My theory is that with the handheld putter, the normal size you use at a putt-putt course, there's there's a lot of variations. Your wrist can be off. You could strike the ball high or low on the head face of the putter. But then uh, you also got to bend over. There's more back action in there. But these long stand-up putters, you put the lever at your shoulder and you take the wrist out of it because it's a lock wrist. So you're going to most likely hit the ball in the center of the face of the putt. And... It's probably just going to be a more consistent power gauge. But here's the thing. You look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they've discussed whether it's cheating. I'm pretty sure they made them illegal at one point. It a feels like cheating. Them. And look at Bryson DeChambeau right here. Or DeChambeau. Either way. Normal putter. Fat grip. I have a fat grip on my putter, too. It's okay. Big guy. Big hands. And he made the putt. He's four over on the day. Maybe he should ma- maybe he should switch putters. But uh, <laughs> that ain't the putter's fault. I'm gonna let you know that has been. He's had a rough day. Yeah, and but uh, so Adam Scott here. He's got a one foot putt. He's got a six and a half foot putter, and he's going for bogey. So and I, it's like, dude, 
It's not even, it's just ridiculous. Like I said it to you, Zach, what are we doing to do next? We're going to lower the basketball goals in the NBA to 10 to like nine foot to seven foot. So like, you know, everybody can dunk and it's really easy. Or we're going to start giving all the hockey players little little walkers so they don't fall over anymore. Nobody can get knocked over football. Let's make the field as big as possible. And let's give defenders like massive freaking arm sticks to whack things out of the air. Let's just change sports completely. Like, it's ridiculous. Let's give defenders massive arm sticks. They throw all that. <laughs> There's too many passing yards, so we need to oh, tone that down like, Listen, we need, like, defenders with 16-foot arms. Right. Like, get you're, it over you're gonna make You're going to make defense hard through rule changes and penalties. Let's at least give them whacking sticks to hold as just defenders. Massive sticks. Foam fingers. Foam even. fingers are <laughs> massive hands, and they're just whacking it out the air. Can you imagine Monday about. night, end of game, there's just a deep fade towards the end of the goal line, wide open. Massive. Here comes the defender foam finger Hamburg. dive. I'm thinking of hamburger helper love. No. <laughs> the Arby's mitt or whatever. Oh, Fantastic. my God. Fantastic. Um, right. See, I mean, anything else, Zach? Augusta? Augusta National. Uh, I mean, Augusta I'm watching National. them. It's Masters Thursday. I mean, right. I'm going to be distracted for right. the next three days. So is everyone else. Productivity at the office worldwide is probably going down. Down. Just like, dude, NCAA and the Masters is tough. Tough weeks for the business right now. Um, Zach, who's NFL. gonna win? Who's gonna win? Who am I taking? I really do want to see McElroy win. Love to see that just because I'd love to see him get the green jacket. Love to see him tie it all together, finish it off. That being said, I think Spieth is hitting a good. Spieth uh, is looking fine. He at just the end hit of the eagle a couple holes yeah. ago, and obviously Justin Rose had a crazy Thursday. I'm going to tell you what. The Thursday leader is usually not the Sunday leader. No. So, moving day is on Saturday. We'll see you on moving day. Until then, enjoy your Masters week, everybody. Hey, I don't – Spieth is definitely a good one to watch out for, I think. Give me Spieth. And then, obviously, uh, I mean – Shambo's got to dig himself out the dang hole. I'm, I've never been a huge guy. He's too flashy with the drives. I'm – is Dustin Johnson playing, or am I crazy? Yeah, DJ's playing. Do we know where he's at? He He's sitting right about, uh, I if think he's, he's even, plus he's one, fine. even, probably in there. I mean, um, don't count out DJ. He had, a tough, the world. he had a tough Thursday being the defending champion, especially for last year on his Thursday. He had a minus seven. Not as good this day, unfortunately. Did you see uh, there's some uh, notable football players on here on Thursday? You got... Patrick Mahomes in attendance. I didn't see that. Trevor Lawrence, future number one overall pick. A little transition uh, for you. There you go. Another transition. A little transition. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Zach, yeah. Zach, uh, Trevor Lawrence, definite number one pick. It has been determined at this point. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Urban Meyer said the Jags are pretty set on that. It's going to be it. Uh which is pretty surprising, man. It's obvious that he's going to be the number one pick. It's obvious that they were going to take him, I would say. Same time, you don't typically see that coming from like a front office head coach saying, yeah, we're pretty sold on this guy, pretty much set on it. It's going to happen. Um, typically, they try to keep the cards a little closer to the vest, you know, a little too closer to the chest there. But at that same time, maybe that's just Urban Meyer doing it his way. His uh, It's a little different with him. Oh, my gosh. Uh I just read a Deshaun Watson oh. article. Rusty it called for an emergency hearing. It said 20 other women. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Does that Watson, mean in we, addition we will, to the first 20 women? We will pause what we're doing, I guess, and Ugh, uh, address sorry, the Deshaun. Man. No, you're good. We do. I just <laughs> another thing we probably do need to address as a sports podcast. But uh, Deshaun Watson, his – Accounts are now up to about 23, 24 total accounts of uh, 
misconduct of some form uh, sexually with masseuses. Uh, his lawyer, Tony Busby, got 18 women that work with the Houston organization and in the Houston area all to come out and say that they are totally in support of Deshaun, said that he's always been appropriate with him. And, um, you know, honestly, that's perfectly fine. He may have been appropriate with them, but, like, to say that and say that means it discounts the stories of the other people who are accusing him is a very bold statement. Um, and so, like, I don't think that's a good look on Tony Busby and uh, Deshaun's part, but at the same time, uh, there's Deshaun, now been he, two women who have put their name and face out there with the allegations, which is big, big moves, honestly, if you look at it, because this is something that's going to probably result in them having a lot of harassment and stuff in their life. And so, like, it's not something you casually do. That's not something that goes, you know, just as a no big deal thing. So yeah, I have no idea what happened. We'll see how the court treats this whole process. There is there is criminal investigations going on. Now, well, yeah, though, and so. uh, he's losing endorsements. Yep. Nike put him on hold, and but Beats by Dre and uh, Reliant Energy have both dropped Deshaun. This is sad, man, because thought Deshaun was like the golden child for us forever. And I mean, even if this is just a weird little sexual thing he's doing, like because even the stories say he was just naked when he shouldn't have been. And I, I, until further reports come out and say he sexually assaulted someone, that's a completely different case. But it sounds like he's got a weird little fetish thing going on that went way too far that he did. He's a sexual predator for sure if he's doing it to 50 women, you know. But you got – I just don't know how the NFL is going to handle it, man. They're obviously going to let him play because he's a great quarterback. I don't – he's stuck – Texas is going to have to give him away basically we, for nothing. I, don't, I think you're going to have to wait a while to figure out first before the NFL makes a decision. There's going to be have to be a decision on the criminal level. There's going to be a decision in the courts of that manner because yeah. there's already a criminal investigation with two women. There's probably going to be, and there's this many already, uh, you know, uh, civil lawsuits. I'm assuming more of those civil lawsuits are going to turn into criminal lawsuits. So this is just something to keep your eye on, keep watching. Um, it's, it is as far as like for the Texans and the organization, it's sort of weird for them because they're not exactly sure where they're supposed to be headed as far as if they need to be looking into the draft for quarterbacks and whatnot. I mean, you should have already cut the But shot. that being said, yeah, you should. they're probably going to have to make a decision here soon. On the only what reason doing. he hasn't been cut is because he's a top five to ten quarterback in the league. So that being said, there are going to be a uh, few – New quarterbacks in the league coming out of college. A uh, few questions marks as far as who's going to be taking where, Zach. However, there was some clarity to the situation. The first domino has fallen. Big time domino. Dominoes. Love dominoes. And speaking of the first domino, it's Sam Darnold getting traded from the Jets to, of all places, the Carolina Panthers, Zach. Yep, we have a new hometown guy. Teddy B and the boys is no longer. Teddy B still going to be back up unless they can find somebody They're to move shopping him to, Teddy B. but it's going to be hard to find somebody to pick up that contract. I think he's like due like $17 million, something yeah, like that. Like Bucks, he's due a lot. The Buccaneers reported today they're not interested in Teddy. They're going to stick with old Blaine Gabbert, who I cannot believe is still playing. And then uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he'll probably get traded somewhere. The Panthers are supposedly working with him on his next destination with like more of a role, but... uh. Sam Darnold, 59% completion rate his first three years. 
50 touchdowns, 39 interceptions, maybe not even 50 touchdowns. Did have a good year with Robbie Anderson at the Jets. Coming to match back up with Robbie Anderson at the Panthers. Got DJ Moore on the other side. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. You're probably going to draft either Kyle Pitts with the eighth pick or you're going to get an offensive lineman. They also picked up offensive line free agency. So a lot of Panthers moving and shaking. You got Sam Darnold going from the dumpster fire that is Adam Gates to Joe Brady and Matt Rule. So no excuses for Darnold. Maybe it's a one-year trial run. I don't know what it is. But Darnold's had some flashes of excellence, has a good arm. I didn't – I mean, go back and listen. We didn't respect him coming out of college. So – I think I think there's three things to sort of look at this overall with. First, for Darnold himself, is this going to be – this is the deciding factor. You're on year four of uh, NFL. The first three years, people were arguing that it's either you're awful or it's the bad coaching with Adam Gase, no good front office, the Jets is a dumpster fire, and I totally think that's legitimate. That being said, I still am a doubter of Sam Darnold. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. So I think it's it's going to be a sink or swim situation. It's either like you know in two years that Sam Darnold's going to be continue being a quarterback or he is not going to be in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. Secondary, I think you look at it from the Panthers' standard with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. P, you said that. You have Matt Rule, Joe Brady there. People are saying that like that's a huge thing. And like – they're sort of with with the Panthers themselves, David Tepper and these people. They're the front office. They're willing to take this risk with Sam Darnold for two years because, in reality, you paid Matt Rule seven years. You still have time with Matt Rule. Um, you still have time with Matt, Matt Rule to see what happens over all those seven years. You still got four years after this or so. That being said... If you're Matt Rule, you're like, man, you're sort of risking two of your years with the Panthers, and you're not going to probably get a second chance in the NFL if you don't do well. You're risking two years on Sam Darnold. Same with Joe Brady, and we act like Joe Brady is just automatically going to be this all-time great, you know, Shanahan, uh, uh, Sean McVay-style guy. It's not guaranteed. Joe Brady's got to prove himself a little more before he starts and here's the thing making too. head coach it's, moves. It's how much you gave up for Darnold. Gave a second, a fourth, and a sixth or something like that. Like, the Jets got pretty three picks. Three picks. I mean, like, Darnold's sort of duty for those picks. It's and not a none, second rounder. None of them first rounds at the same time. Like, three picks. That's a, a lot of players. second round pick and two other picks. That's tough. For Sammy D? No. I don't like it. Dude, feel the power of the Sam. Sammy so, D. That's a, so one, two, taken care of. Number three, Zach. We're talking Niners now. The, tra- the the Dolphins trade with the Niners. They go to the third pick for the 12th pick. Then the Dolphins trade with the Eagles from the 12th pick to the 8th or to the 6th pick. Now the Eagles at the 12th pick. So Niners at the third pick. A lot of moving here. Dolphins making moves. Yeah, shaking your head. I don't even know exactly. Wow. But Niners third pick. They're talking. People are saying. Mac Jones is going to be the third pick, most likely. My, Shanahan wants that pro style, drop back, fell, you know, play action pass style quarterback. I think that's what you're going to get with Mac Jones. I don't know how great he's going to be, but I do think it's either Zach Wilson or Mac Jones at three. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be a top three quarterback pick. Zach Wilson's going two to the Jets. Zach Wilson to the Jets. That is most likely what's happening. I think Zach Wilson's going to fit well with the the Jets. I think you need somebody that can sort of escape ability, if you will, because they still don't have an offensive line at the Jets. So, what if the Jets went Justin Fields at two? Maybe. Did Justin Fields do his pro day? 
Justin Fields had a pro day. He looked pretty good overall, obviously. We all knew he had a massive freaking arm. We all saw these games and stuff. But at the same time, I think it's hard. Like, pro days, man, we talked about this. Zach Wilson, people were freaking out about his pro day because he had this huge play where he rolled to his left, you know, threw back to his right while rolling at the same time. And like, well, no one's on the field. Nobody's on the field. The wide receiver's wide open. And, like, you know, so it's just – it is what it is. Like, I don't think pro days are all that impressive. That being said, uh, Justin Fields looked pretty good. But there is rumors that he had a, as far as, like, you know – with the NFL, you're looking for leader style in your quarterback, and like there's rumor, there there's talks that like Justin Fields is sort of like that guy. He's last in the weight room in the morning. He's first one to leave in the afternoon. Like if you're not a guy that's willing to grind longer than other people, you're probably not going to be a, a long term quarterback in the NFL. So uh, there is questions of that. Whereas on Mac Jones' side, same day pro day, Mac Jones showed a bit of leadership because he was he had a terrible pro day, Zach. He threw over threw some balls, under threw some balls, it looked rough. He had some good balls. You know, overall it was, it was mediocre. But he was able to talk Devontae Smith into running routes for him when Devontae Smith came that day with no plans of like running routes, working out or anything. So that's sort of something to be said if you're able to talk your guys into actually doing stuff and like they believe in you and stuff like that. But I believe you know, in the artificial inflation of Mac Jones. Hey, people are gonna blow it up. I'm just reporting what I hear. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. People, listen. Smoke and mirrors. Don't forget, there's a time when Jay Cutler was taken, and they the uh, when the <laughs> I do I do believe it was the. Uh, Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears when they took him. Broncos. The Broncos. Broncos drafted. They said they said no words. They literally took him number seven and did not even like call that man one time. <laughs> they then called him when they took him number seven and said, We were looking at you the whole time. We just didn't want to give it away. I mean, dude, it's all smoke and mirrors in the NFL draft. We know it. Usually moves that are gonna happen don't get leaked. Stuff That's that gets true. leaked is supposed to get leaked. Yeah, that's true. If you're getting stuff leaked, it is most likely smoke and mirror. Don't try it. Don't believe it. Mm-hmm. So, how long um, have we been potting, Dan? I mean, we're about the 50 minute mark, a little past, but 50 minutes. 50 minutes. And we had two weeks. We had to recover a lot of stuff. 50 minutes. Are we minutes. even done with the show? I mean, I feel like we're about done. We did our Snell. We talked NFL. We talked our basketball. We talked our so you know did a little little political talk. We did. We covered all the bases today, Zach. There's no way Mac Jones is completing passes over foam fingers. There's no Put foam fingers out there. Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes aren't going to be throwing 400 yards every day. They can have, like, cricket paddles. Like, good God, just let the defenders have a freaking chance, maybe. Moody Sports. Moody Sports. (laughs) Catch us next week. Thanks, guys. Follow us on all the sites at Moody Sports page. Nice voice crack. (laughs) Honest. Thank you for listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, A Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. That's M-O-O-D-Y Sports Page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, MoodySportsPage.com. See you next week, guys.